you are so incredibly passionate about what you do. And it's one of the things that I found most charming about you when I met you and it matters. The work that you're doing is really important because we are living in a society where things are okay, going I didn't shit, bring so. tissues. You can't make me emotional. I'm going to have to like, I don't Yeah, that's fair. Sure. It, it, I'm Candy Chaos and this. Uh, and I'm Rick Terosi and this is mildly, we are mildly interesting people. I led him astray on that intro. Or something and stuff. And stuff. Yeah. We are mildly interesting people, but we make it a point of bringing you some wildly interesting people. Like so that... who, Cammie? Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Are you feeling like you need some additional attention today because you got a pretty no. new haircut? No, it's fine. I'm mm. good. Okay. Okay. We make a point of bringing you some wildly interesting people so that you don't just have to put up with Rick and with me. And today we have an amazing guest who I've only known for four years. And when I say I've only known her for four years, I mean to the day. This is the day that I met this amazing woman, Sylvia Salazar, at, in, in, at an amazing event under some unfortunate circumstances. And we have brought her on, not to tell you about the unfortunate circumstances, but to talk about what it is that she does, because she is empowered and empowering, uh, bringing education about politics and voting to people. But Spike has some, I think Spike is really into what you do, Sylvia. Because um, I'm a cat person. I'm an but, indoor cat. Yes. This is how I describe myself. Yes, in the I, energy. I do. I too am an indoor cat. So let's welcome Sylvia Salazar, who's here to talk to us about Tono Latino and how she is empowering and spreading knowledge to uh, Spanish speaking individuals who might not otherwise get their news so clearly. And Sylvia? English speaking too. And I English speaking. Well, I mean, yeah. do both I, now. I still follow. You do. Yeah. I can't understand when you speak in Spanish. So I like that you're doing English. But that's I feel my like we bad. Teased, we teased the audience <laughs> and now they're like, how the hell did these two meet? And we met because Kami came out to give me a hug the day that I was going to give a big presentation on a stage on Pi Day. And I crashed my husband's car before going into the theater. Happy Pi Day. It is, also, it is also the fourth, it's the fourth year that Pi has, Pi is the Portland incubator experiment. And we're not going to talk a lot about Pi, but we do celebrate it. We do celebrate Pi Day. And this was the last time that Pi had its, um, whatchamacallit? Demo Day. Demo, Demo Day. Day. Demo Day in person. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Sylvia was getting a rough start of it. And uh, I met her with giant hugs. And now I love her even more. So, but did amazing on stage. You wouldn't have known did. that she was in an accident only hours prior. Yeah, never would have been able to. Go. Nope. Mm -mm. All right, so Sylvia, welcome. I'm so Thank happy you. to have you here. Spike is overwhelmed with joy to have you here. I'm excited to have a cat on <laughs> on, on your show, show too. Yeah. Um, tell us, tell us what, how it started. Tell us how you started. How it. What was the trigger point for you that was like, no, people need to know, people aren't hearing, let me tell them? It wasn't so intentional for me to, oh, I'm going to do this. It just, I'm an engineer and I love problems and finding solutions to problems, mine or other people's, like any kind of problem. I love finding a solution. And after the 2016 election, I was, just baffled when I looked at the data of Latino voter turnout. Consistently, it had been below 50% in the past six presidential elections. And I was like, no, 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 no. And we're talking about, there were, I think at the time, there were something like 28 million eligible voters in 2016. And about 12 million of them voted in the, in the 2016 election. And obviously it's not a one solution. There's no just one thing that's going to solve this problem. Uh, there's a lot of people doing a lot of work. But one thing that I noticed in 2017 were all these organizations that were getting a lot of 
like added energy because they were older organizations or organizations that were starting out after the 2016 election, like, for example, Indivisible. Indivisible now is a huge organization, but it started after that 2016. And there weren't that many talking to Latinos. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of information for Latinos explaining just politics in general. There were the typical traditional media channels that my dad will sit and watch Jorge Ramos at 5 p.m. <laughs> in front of the news. Uh, but, for example, the pages, the websites for Univision and Telemundo would have some of the articles, but they were very long and it was, they were very hard to read. Like, if I have to start looking for word definitions for some of these things and I'm college educated, if, if, if you don't have enough knowledge to understand the article and you're feeling dumb reading it, it's just incredibly frustrating. And it would take them 23 paragraphs to get to the point. Oh, yeah. And so I just kind of started creating some solutions for problems that I saw. One of the problems that I saw was lack of information for Latinos. And one of the things that started this whole thing was when I saw so many uh, undocumented migrant families being separated, uh, especially from their children, because they didn't know their... Um, their rights. And so yeah. children were afraid to go to school because they didn't know if they were going to come home and their parents were going to be missing. Or the parents didn't know that they had the right to refuse entry unless somebody had like a a legal document saying that they were allowed to enter the premises, things like that. And I know that Latinos use Facebook and WhatsApp, like from the, literally the moment we wake up, the first app that we check is WhatsApp. <laughs> And so I started making like these PowerPoints with information in English and Spanish and then sending it to WhatsApp over WhatsApp to my friends. But I wasn't going to reach the intended audience. So I put it on Facebook. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to make this like Facebook page to share information for Latinos. Like it started just evolving that way. And then I saw that there were newsletters that were just condensing important news in a way that was easy to read. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. In a way that you didn't have to look words up in the dictionary. Yeah. yeah. Or like give you enough information that if you really wanted to dig in, you could go and read the mega 23 pa like paragraph article. But yeah. otherwise, you, it wasn't just like the catchy headline. Uh, just like give you enough information that if it was something relevant to you or that affected you or your family, you could you could read more. But you felt informed. And that was interesting because... Well, I didn't grow up in the U.S., so I didn't know a lot of things about U.S. government or politics or how things worked. So I had to, like, learn it on my own and then understand it and figure out a way to explain it to people. And I was creating and I started creating this newsletter at first every day, including weekends, because I'm insane. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> You're not insane. You are dedicated and intense. Yeah. And like I said, I really want to solve problems. So I'm like, I'm going to solve this problem. Eventually I was like, okay, maybe just I'll work Sunday through Thursday so that I, it'll publish on Monday through Friday. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it would take me eight to 10 hours a day to do this. It was, it was insane. And eventually I met a friend who's also a Pi alum, alum, Marceau. Hi, Marceau. Whose birth birthday, whose birthday is today? Is today, yes. yeah. Yes. Happy birthday to myself. Oh, who I met with? Babe. Oh yeah, and <laughs> those legs. Oh my god, those legs. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, we're getting distracted. I'm gonna blush. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm focused on the wrong thing. He we can come back to the funniest thing. Legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said to me, I don't, I don't understand your newsletter. I don't know what you're, what you're saying. Cause it's in Spanish. Still, I don't think you could ever be as passionate and just into it as you are in person. You need to be doing video. And I was like, mm -hmm. you're on crack. Like no, this is not <laughs> happening. Like, no, and I, then... I can't. And so he challenged me. And this doesn't work on certain people. I know that at least this kind of psychological pressure wouldn't work on my brother. But he told me, well, I want you to have a video posted to your Instagram feed by tonight at 6 p.m. Or you're going to donate 
$15 to the Donald Trump re-election campaign. <gasps> Oh my God, Marcel! He's so <laughs> disgusting. That is dirty, so... dirty, dirty. But it dirty. worked. Oh, I had two videos posted by five fifty-five, mm, yeah. and I looked like nice. a deer in headlights just to make sure that I didn't have to make any contributions. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I, it's really funny. Like, I love watching that video because I feel ridiculous, and I'm like, huh. And I had like a little post-it note with something like this, with like what I was trying to say. And then I would just be like, okay. And then just, and back then it had to be one minute. You couldn't go over the minute. So then I would, I mean, I did go to speech therapy when I was little to slow down. So I can speak very, very, very fast in Spanish. And sometimes still I had to have like two shots of espresso in order to do one of these videos. So I'm like, so, yeah. It's and and it, to see realizing that's where you started to see you today and like your comfort level in front of the camera and you're dancing and you're providing information like you have you have really brought this to a whole new level where where did you find that level of comfort in front of the camera given where you started is it just and can you practice? teach us yeah exactly me especially. I, I still feel uncomfortable. Okay. I think it's just repetition. Mm -hmm. Um, It's harder when I come back from vacation or if there's like any kind of break and I have to do it again. That first video is always so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, It's harder also depending on the format. So it's uh, my content. I try to do more of like um, what I call evergreen content or content that's not going to be obsolete literally in literally in 24 hours for my YouTube channel. And that one, I try to have like a higher level of production and editing and things like that, make it more interactive. Those I am harder on myself to the point where I have finally found an editor and it's great <gasps> because then I have, I don't have to look at myself and edit usually. And those videos tend to be maybe like five minutes, but the, the raw footage is maybe 10. Mm -hmm. And editing those 10 minutes can take me three, four hours because I nitpick yeah. everything. Like my hair will just like stand up and I just try to be like, okay, how do I fix it? Just, there's no point. No. Stop doing that. Stop obsessing. And so I send my video and it comes back and then it's done and I don't have to do it. Like any nitpicking. I um, totally understand. I send my video out to be edited by Rick and I ask him <laughs> not to make me watch it. I'll listen, but I can't. <laughs> I, I the same way, like I've given talks even like on things that I'm incredibly passionate about and I'll see the talk later and I'm like, oh, what? and someone will say something nice and I'm just like, don't be mean. Don't tell them how you feel about your talk. Don't, don't. Um, it's awkward. Yeah. I, I'm a little bit better about short, uh, short form content like reels and TikTok, uh, mm -hmm. just cause it's just so fast people consume them and then it's not like they're going to find it and go back um but sometimes for example recently covering the news of the train derailment in east palestine i didn't mm -hmm. know it was palestine so i said it wrong and somebody oh. yeah. pointed it out and it just it, my brain kept i was like should i take it down re like should i redo the video like it just i start what is that word called? Like rummaging in my head. It just won't stop. And it'll yeah. just mm -hmm. become this. You go into an anxiety spiral and it's ridiculous. And the funny thing is that, for example, that one, I calmed down because I saw an American lawyer slash journalist pronounce it the same way. And I was like, Oh, so it wasn't just me and my <laughs> accent. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to leave the video and move on. Just move on to something else. Yep. But it's just practice. And I feel uncomfortable more than you think it just <laughs> yeah on the practice note uh, I just found out that you and I have something in common that I didn't know about and you probably don't know about it either so I'm going to tell you and then oh my gosh exciting you said you had to go to speech therapy as a child um to slow down your speech yep mm -hmm. I had to go to speech therapy because I my my formative speech years in Texas and then I moved back to California uh, when I was in first grade. And the California school system did not take kindly to a little girl who talked like this. Hi, my name's Kaylee. 
how are you? You sound like a different person. Yeah. Um, and they considered it to be a speech impediment. And, and I had mandated by the school system speech therapy. So I would like to know about your experience as a child of being told, you don't talk the way we want you to talk. Yeah. Let's fix it. Because that was... I, I spoke too fast, so they had to slow me down, and they gave me some horrible exercises. They had me say tongue twisters over and over and over and over. Some of them I still can't say correctly, so the combination of T-R and a vowel. Mm -hmm. um, there's some tongue twisters in Spanish. And then, because depending on where it's positioned, the R is like a single R or double R. Mm -hmm. um, then it just like makes the tongue twister. And then... This was the disgusting part. I had this like very thin rope and there were these like buttons that I had to hang at the bottom of the rope. And then I had to like with my mouth, like make it go up like a spaghetti, like weights for my tongue. I had to do weightlifting oh, with my, my tongue. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> Number that's, one, it is gross. That's that like torture. Rope. Mm -hmm. It just gets disgusting. Like, what? It's so like gross. was it just your rope? Did other people? Yeah, use no, no, no. It was oh. mine. Like, it was a oh. personal rope and personal buttons Ugh. or weights. But still, it's <laughs> gross because, like, once it goes down, mm -hmm. you have to add weights. It's all cold. Yeah, with your own Ew. spit. But still, Ew. <laughs> that's so gross. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you had to do that. Poor little Sylvia. Wildly interesting facts. <laughs> Wildly interesting facts about Wildly. Sylvia Salavan. <laughs> Um, wow. So were you in speech therapy for Spanish, for English or both? Spanish. Okay. Spanish. Okay. So you I spoke much you spoke Spanish too quickly. Yes. And I still speak Spanish way faster than I speak English. And this is the slow down version. I think, I hope that my parents got their money's <laughs> worth at least. Cause it was, you, I'm you're sure really it was very expensive. Yeah. You're really pacing um, yourself. But so. we get like, my husband also speaks very fast. And then when the two of us like kick it up, you're mm -hmm. like, <laughs> and like not under people that understand Spanish, but it's like their second language. They're like, yeah. what? I, I can't follow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, we'll bring it down. Hold on. Let me find my weights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I know about Sylvia that I just wanted to bring to the fore. This is a two-part question. One, tell me about the effect of Trevor Noah hosting The Daily Show for you. And two, when is your guest week hosting The Daily Show for us, given that they're <laughs> searching for a new host? Trevor Noah, number one, is my crush. Um, He's pretty. I met I'm him smart. once. I met him the first time he came to Portland. Right after he published his book, Born a Crime, which is a fantastic book, by the way. Rick, will you and link heard, that up? Yeah, I will. That I heard he, I didn't know that he narrates the audio version. So that must be delicious because <laughs> I literally have my phone with a South African male accent. So that, and I named him Trevor, my phone, my phone, um, after Trevor Noah. But we we went to his show, and then if you bought the book and you showed proof of purchase, you got to take a picture with him backstage. Oh. This was in September. I believe it was September 16th, 2016, because um, it was that important of a day. And I get very starstruck, and I there was not a peep out of me. I just stood there, and I was like, <laughs> and my husband's like, hey, hi, oh. Trevor. And I just, nothing, nothing came out. I think a very, very high-pitched high came out. Did you let your husband um, be in the photo with you? Yes. Yes. Oh, so kind oh, I of you. Oh, no, so no, kind I of could. you. No, I took the photo was hilarious because it was very similar to, if you watched Monsters, Inc., how the Mike Wazowski, the little green one-eyed guy, is always in the corner. That's what my picture looks like because <laughs> it's my husband, Trevor, and then me in the corner uh, and just beaming with happiness. And then we left and I don't know anything, but. I sometimes would watch the daily show with him just to learn, and I'm still trying to learn, a way of making things that are very important for people, just making them less boring mm -hmm. um, yeah. and just more interesting. And so I'm trying to 
it's funny because now I watch, well, he's no longer there, but people that cover news are now Hassan Minaj, the cover mm-hmm. for him. Oh, the Hassan. way they cut, who's also very handsome. Uh, I would <laughs> also great like, kicks. I mean, um, I, and now I'm looking at, at it from a different angle of like, how are they making this interesting to see if I can learn? Not that I'm going to be like comedian, but just ways that I can make the filibuster more interesting, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. cause, um, and I don't know when they're going to invite me to host. I probably would have a panic attack. I swear. <laughs> I'll I be swear. there. I'll come with you. Yeah. I'll hug you. I'll be happy I'll to be, be, like, like, no, happy no, to be no, no, backstage. I'm not inviting you, Rick. I'm going to go oh. and hug her. Like at okay, hot demo cool. day. If yeah. it's a controlled space where I control the audience and I can have just like 10 people, yeah. then sure. And it's my friends. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Who okay? So, if you're if you're declining the nomination, oh, who do you think would make a really good kind of next host for that show to take it to the I next don't know level? If it has it has started already, but I'm actually looking forward to seeing uh, former Senator Al Franken because hmm. he's a huh. very very smart person. Yep, he was also a comedian, so I think yep. he would do it. Yeah, do a really good job. Um, I feel bad that I'm not thinking about like female. I was so I was about, the question I was going to ask you before Rick asked you that question. I think Rick and I came up with our questions at the same time is that you seem to take a lot of inspiration from uh, men who are wildly intelligent and wildly funny. Um, Trevor Noah, Hassan Minaj, Al Franken. Uh, what does it mean to you that there's not a lot of women in that in in that role? Like. Yeah, there's like does Samantha B. Does it make you Samantha B is hilarious? Yeah. Leslie Jones. Yeah. Um, but does it make you like does it make you want to be that funny ass woman and, and just to take over the political commentator world? I mean, That's how does really how does it question. feel that we don't have those role models? Because I have a lot of them, but not in the funny space. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like for example, I love Rachel Maddow and how she explains things. I mm-hmm. I read there's a historian university professor called heather cox richardson who writes my favorite political newsletter called letters from an american and she gives you a perspective on what's happening right now and compares it to historical facts and again i didn't grow up here so i didn't have that history lesson Mm -hmm. and she just links things in a beautiful way so i have them like these female like female voices that I admire, but none of them are in the like funny space or in the comedy mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I love, like, I've always joked that I want to be like Raquelita Maro, like this Latina version of Rachel <laughs> yeah. um, of like breaking things down for people just with a little more spice. Cause she's mm-hmm. too, I mean, I love her, but she's too serious and wears the same thing every day. Sure. Um, she's my but, mother's favorite news personality so one funny fact about rachel and i we both had a mole removed and so she had she was missing for a bunch of days from her show and then came back and had like this like humongous bandage thing on her neck and i also got like literally is a two millimeter mole i don't know how much that is in inches so look it up <laughs> behind we'll do, my we'll ear. We'll do the conversion in the yeah, description. Yeah, put it in the people. notes. It'll be fine. Yeah. But I had they had to have it removed, and I had like this humongous bandage behind my ear, and I felt I don't know, like very Rachel Maddow bonded <laughs> for life. Yes, yeah, be connected. <laughs> I love it. Um, one of the things I'm always curious about, Sylvia, you talk you talk about having to learn kind of this political system and like how things work or don't work as it were. Uh, One of the things that's always struck me growing up is that the political environment seemed very cyclical and there would be very high times of political intrigue and then times where there wasn't much going on. It feels to me in recent history that that's, that's leveled out now. It's just constant politics constantly. Is that is that a correct assumption or is that just because I'm paying more attention to it? I think it's because we're so connected to everything and we have 
all of these systems pushing us notifications all day long. And before, mm-hmm. we didn't know everything and every horrible atrocity happening in the literally the other side of the planet. And now we have that all at our fingertips. And we it's very hard for us to get disconnected from those things because we yeah. have devices that want our attention and they will push all of those things all the time with the catchiest headlines to try to make us click. Yeah. Um, and it's very hard to turn it off. Yeah. Um, yep. So I have all my notifications turned off because otherwise <laughs> I would go insane and I had to learn to do that. So I, I have to go consume my news at specific times and specific formats because otherwise it's just too much. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about notification wellness because that matters so much to me. I, I, there's only one, if you are in a very specific list of people on my phone, it will let me know if you ring. Um, and if I get a text message and you are a person who's in my phone at all, it will let me know that you've texted me. I have every other notification on my phone turned off. I don't have any of my work stuff on my phone, um, Twitter, Instagram, constantly like, would you like to turn on notifications? No, I would yep. not. I would not like that. Talk to me about how you made that decision. Cause for me, it was a, it was a complete flip. I used to have all the notifications. So did I. Yeah. I used to have them all on. It was even crazier. I remember when I was back in corporate America and back to talking about uh, just me and usually men, because I'm a computer engineer. I was always the only woman on a team. Mm-hmm. My whole team were men and they were all talking about college football every Monday. And so if I wanted to like go down to the cafeteria and hang out and get the coffee and just you know, have that casual conversation that turns into work. I had to start getting into all of the college football. So mm. I started following. I literally had my phone would blow up every single Saturday with sports center notifications. <laughs> bling, 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 bling. And I enabled especially any team that my teammates and boss were following. Mm-hmm. So the Ducks, the Beavers, um, uh, I don't know, UCLA and a bunch of other ones. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew exactly who they played. I would watch the replays because I needed a way to get into those conversations with the word just like just the guys. Because mm-hmm. the other alternative was golf and that was not happening. <laughs> so I chose, yeah. Um, the world's honest. most boring sport. Sorry, daddy. Just, um, and I forgot why it was. I just went you into. You were talking to men. Football. football. Notifications. Oh, notifications. Sorry. Um, but then after the killing of George Floyd and because I'm in news, mm-hmm. all of those notifications, just everything was just too much, too much, too much, too much. I'm a highly sensitive person. So there was like so much suffering and I just like absorbed it all. And I was crying about everything for no reason. And so I had to just literally disconnect from my phone for like a whole week, yeah. nothing. And I turned everything off. And by mistake, I don't remember how it happened. I forgot to turn one of those notifications off and somebody sent me something over WhatsApp. They didn't know that I was taking this break and they just sent me this. And I felt just the blood pressure go up with anger at what they sent me. I mean, they weren't, they were just trying to share like, look at this. Mm -hmm. And I felt they weren't hurting you. The news was hurting you. Yeah. And I just read that headline and I just felt this anger come. And I was like, oh my God, I noticed the Delta in like, I'm peaceful. And then I read the headline and I'm furious. But if I'm already here all the time with Mm -hmm. these headlines, I'm no wonder I'm just ready to crack at any time. And so after that, I was like, I'm going to just kill all the notifications. A friend of mine also read another book called How to Break Up with Your Phone. It has some things. I that love are a little... you, phone. I love you. <laughs> okay. Some of the things are a little bit outdated because it was written before we had those things like screen time, um, that it would give you a report every week and like your usage at the time that the book was written, it would tell you, you can install this app to analyze it. And it's like, now it's all at your fingertips, but it has some very valid points. And I also want to be very conscious of 
how much I use my phone in front of my kid. Yeah. Because I want to set a better example of my screen time and be like, okay, if I'm do, if you see me using the phone, it's for a specific purpose. And I even ask them to say like, to, to ask me, Hey, do you need to be doing that right now? And, and they'll call me out and I'm like, you know what? No. And sometimes I say, yeah, I just need to send your dad a text and let them know that we're going to be 10 minutes late or something. But the notification, just turning them all off and being more and using those lists that you just said, I also have those set up. So literally from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., the only calls that will go through are my husband because he never calls me unless something is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's literally working right next door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would he call me? The school, mm-hmm. the pediatrician, mm-hmm. the vet, or the dog's groomer because yeah. I need to pick him up. If it, yeah. Those are the only calls that will get through in my phone that will interrupt my day. Otherwise... I even have my phone usually behind me so that I don't see it because just having it near is your precious. I can feel the energy. It is just, yeah, exactly. My precious, Mm -hmm. I need you. (laughs) If I don't have it out of sight, out of mind, I am way more productive. Yeah, absolutely. My daughter is so much better at, uh, don't get me wrong. She's a phone junkie. She totally is, but she doesn't have social media. She removes all of this temptation uh, because I, maybe she's just smarter than I am. I'm not sure. Uh, she, but she's removed all of the stuff. She doesn't have Instagram. She doesn't have Twitter, no Facebook, oh. nothing like that. Um, so that she can just kind of live in the moment a little more. And part of me is like, that's no, the mom part of me is like, that's amazing. But mm-hmm. the part of me who's addicted to Instagram is like, you're crazy. Crazy. Um, yeah. I'm glad that, you, I, I'm I glad that you've done that for yourself and for your family. So I have my personal account. And I swear I log into that like every two, maybe two weeks at most. Mm-hmm. Because I just get so drained with all the other stuff. I'm like, my business of having to be like, hi, let me dance about the news and make you care. Yep. Um, that I don't. But... My husband's love language or one of his love languages is sending me funny stuff on Instagram. <laughs> so he'll just send me all sorts of funny reels or funny posts or interesting posts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I let them accumulate in my personal account. And then on days that I'm just like not feeling good, that I'm just sad, I go in there and I will literally laugh for an hour straight. And I give him a grading for each one. So either it will be funny <laughs> or I will be like angry or I will give him a thumbs down. <laughs> Yeah, so that he gets the feedback, you know, to see like, oh, she likes so this kind in, of stuff. He can improve yeah. the curation, yeah. the experience for you. That makes Absolutely. sense. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. he works. gets a grading for each thing that he shares. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's, um, I really, I'm really glad we got off on this tangent because I do think that there is the perception that in order to do this work or to stay as informed as you are, Sylvia, that you need to be plugged in 24-7 to figure that stuff out. And um, I I think that's a learning curve for a lot of folks to figure out that, like, if you can control that consumption or at least time box that consumption, sometimes that's a more effective way of digesting information than just consuming it constantly all day, every day. Yeah. And also the format, because a lot of things can have very graphic images or videos and it'll Mm -hmm. affect you in different ways. You can't, there's a lot of things that you have no control over. So you learn about it, but then you're like, uh, it's overwhelming. Cause it's like, I can't, I can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I tend to prefer just very, carefully selected newsletters like the one that I mentioned Mm -hmm. or a website. There's a website that has like little, like a title and a little paragraph explaining what it's about. And then you can click, it's called political wire Mm -hmm. and it's just generally politics and very DC focused, but that's where I got a lot of information, but yeah, not everybody needs to know everything all the time. And so that's why I try to be like, I try to be the filter 
Like, okay, yeah. there's all that stuff happening, but let me tell you about this one. Or also sometimes pick the one that is not getting all the headlines mm -hmm. because this is something important. And a lot of times it's like, well, this is something that you literally could talk to your congressperson or contact your senator to do something about that versus all this other stuff happening that you you have no control over. Right. Yeah. Well, and and the I think in this day and age, the other challenge, I mean, you you've said I'm not a journalist. I often say I'm not a journalist like we we live in a, a time where even experienced journalists are releasing half half fleshed out kind of stories. Right. Like they haven't yeah. the story's breaking. They haven't had time to do the research. And yet we as consumers of that story still react the same way, whether it's completely factual and well-researched or not. So I think that's another, there's another benefit to, to, because you can't do anything about it, to giving time to the story to develop into a well-rounded journal, you know, a story with journalistic integrity has a lot to do with it too. I learned while I was doing, back in the days when I was doing the newsletter, my husband was shocked when I told him one time, I think this was about, I think, protests happening in Venezuela. And there were like some horrible things. And he's like, do you need to write about it now? And I, it was horrible to tell him. I'm like, it's too soon. We need to let it mm -hmm. just pass a certain number of hours because whatever I report now is going to be, I mean, by the time I, I press publish, it's going to be ups, like the information is going to be too old. Yep. And so we actually need to report on it later. But there's this also desire that we have, like, we have to be the first and breaking news. And let me tell you, it's like, no, like you just said, Rick, it's like sometimes it's better for it to sit and let's let the truth percolate and mm -hmm. get all the facts. And then we can tell you and give you our vision or opinion versus trying to be like, oh, this is what happened. And, da -da 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 -da, and this is to yeah. blame. No. Yeah. 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 And I think that's probably just that's fresh in my mind, given that we've all just lived through the Silicon Valley Bank drama where like on Friday, yeah. if any of us had said anything or published anything, it would have been wrong by the time people walked in Monday morning. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, these things escalate very quickly these days. And sometimes giving them the time is the is the absolutely right thing to do. Um Sylvia, what's what's next? Like, what's the next big political topic that you think people should be paying attention to, or that you're currently researching? Like, where where should we be focused? Where should we be looking to Tona Latino for more insights? When is this going to air? And then I'll then I'll answer my, probably, my question. Probably, yeah, week. we're probably probably a week out. Yeah. Okay, so before April, because the next huge election mm -hmm. that'll have impact on all of us, even though it's in Wisconsin, is the Wisconsin Supreme Court seat. Yeah. Because it'll define whether the court leans a certain way and has a progressive judge or a conservative judge that is ready to allow gerrymandering and remove, um, you know, reproductive rights from people, mm -hmm. uh, Etc. For example, the progressive judge would be on board with returning absentee ballots uh, and giving people options in voting. The other guy is opposed to those. Uh, same thing with reproductive freedom. Mm -hmm. Very, very different choices. So what we can do, because most of us are not in Wisconsin, is either, depending on how extroverted people are, Rick and I are not these kinds of people <laughs> of phone banking and text banking. I have literally mm. curled up on my couch <laughs> sobbing when I tried to phone bank in Florida in 2020 until my husband came and took my phone away because mm -hmm. I just can't do it. The fact that I have to mentally prepare to call somebody for them to hang up the phone over and over and over and over on me. It's just too much. And I don't understand how people have fun, but there's like, now I have this thing called like activism for introverts. This is one of my things. And um, I would like to know all about this. This is very important information to me. One of my favorite things is a, is writing letters to voters or there's also postcards. I like the voters because they have a tracking system so they can measure how effective 
things were, and they mm -hmm. have proven that they can increase the voter turnout. But and it's um, anybody can sign up. You create an account and you just encourage people. And usually it's uh, underrepresented communities or people that haven't voted in a while. I don't know how they choose their list, but then mm -hmm. you, you're giving a list of names and some letters that you print out. And then with your, you just complete, like, for example, dear. And then I say, Kami, mm -hmm. um, we have an upcoming election on April 4th for the Supreme Court. And this is important because, da -da -da -da, and then I write. For me, choosing a judge that will expand voting rights is really important because of blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. then you sign and then you you send them. Uh, I recruit my daughter to place the stickers, a.k.a. stamps on the envelopes <laughs> and have them mailed. <laughs> and I can do that in in my own house in silence. Mm -hmm. I don't have to like yep. go out and convince people um, if they don't like the letter. I will never find out about it. <laughs> Uh, but that's the biggest because literally this election in 2023 mm -hmm. could define what happens in 2024 because Wisconsin's election was like this close. Is one, it was one of the states that was closest to, even though Biden won, sending electors for Trump in 2020. So it's a yeah. very, very, very critical election. All right. I have two things. One, Please send us that information on how to do the introvert involvement. Of, of um, course. Because I love sticking stamps on things and writing letters and sending them mm -hmm. to people. But the idea of calling, like I was a telemarketer as my first job. and It was the most excruciating experience of my entire life because I don't like to be, I don't like to be on, um, which leads me to my next question. Uh, Rick and I very consistently in our work lives deal with being on. Um, and we have made the decision in our personal lives to start podcasting again. And and when we podcast, we're on. Um, and when we're off, it's a complete like uh, someone gave us. Oh, you two, you're too, you're so cute when you guys are are on the podcast. I'm, I'm and you're always this charming. Yeah, I'm always I'm like, this charming. I'm like that's not that's not what it looks like at home. Like that's <laughs> that's not how we are. Um, it's not that it's untrue to our personality. It's that there's your personality when everyone's paying attention and you have to be in the spotlight. And mm -hmm. then there's your personality when you're sitting in the room all by yourself or with your partner who knows you well enough to understand that you don't want to speak to anyone and you'd like to stare at this wall and please leave me alone. Um, so how do you deal with being on so much and what's, how does it feel when you finally get to switch off? So another awesome entrepreneur in the Portland community, Paige Hendricks Buckner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gave me the best description of being on is like when the care bears have to do their thing from their bellies and just be like, care bears, there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. And that's how I like in my head feel like when I'm on, I'm on care bear mode, mm -hmm. care bear stare mode. But then I just need to like recharge. turn off the lights. Yeah. Recharge. Recharge the belly battery. Yeah. And thankfully my husband understands and I just need to be in silence. I will go and I, I read on a Kindle. I'm mm -hmm. always reading on a Kindle. Um, the cat loves hey, this part yeah. of the story. Spike, he loves Spike the is going to tell us how he's going to turn off. Come on. And I read on a podcast, I heard something super interesting that is like, well, in the morning you can read some of these like intellectual or self-development books and at e in the evening, it should be more like fantasy, something that doesn't get mm. your brain yep. going. And for me, that's super important because otherwise I'll start getting ideas. Like, mm -hmm. oh, what if I implement this and this strategy? And da -da -da. It's like, no. <laughs> Let me read about witches in 1860 in England that are detectives so that I can turn <laughs> off my brain. Can you send me the link to that book? <laughs> yes. Those okay, are thank a you. great thank series. You. Yes. Um, and so I just... I need to have silence. Mm -hmm. I can no longer have a cat, even though I'm a cat person, because my husband is deadly allergic uh. to cats. So we did get He's a, a dog. He's a good guy, so I'll let it slide. He's a wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I got a dog. That's very funny because I've never had a dog, so I'm not sure what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, but he behaves a lot like a cat, except for the size, because it's 48 pound 
cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't bark and he just like sits by my feet all day Aww. long. And then I trained him so that if I get on the couch, I put on a like specific blanket that it doesn't matter if he gets on it. And I'll tell him and he'll come on me and he's kind of like a weighted blanket. That's mm-hmm. another great thing. I don't know if for like us introverts, weighted blankets are my jam. How many weighted <laughs> like, blankets do you think we have in the house, Rick? I don't know. Five, six, seven. Five, five might be accurate. Yeah. Uh, and so blankets. now Samba is like a weighted heated blanket <laughs> um, that moves yeah. to calm me down. Yeah. Nice. Very much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Cammy, I realize your hands are full of cats, but, but it's time. Uh, yeah, I think it's time for Sylvia to uh, answer some mildly interesting questions. The mildly interesting question lightning round. Sylvia, okay. <laughs> I understand the stress that this may bring you because Rick and I have started doing this. And wow, I felt stupid not knowing the answers that are completely particular to my own brain. That being said, I'm going to ask you questions now. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Favorite fun but useless hobby. Fun but useless hobby. And you can say pass and we'll come back to it, but yeah. Let me think about it. Okay. <laughs> so I taught myself how to knit using YouTube videos, but I don't produce anything. I'll just like finish and then i'll just pull the the yarn and restart just for the like repetitive thing so it's really useless i mean i have i've been using the same ball (laughs) or whatever you call it of yarn for three years now because i just like make this like scarf and then i'll just like pull because it's also really fun to pull that and it's just like and then putting it and i'm like okay and i'm gonna start again i understand you so well that's excellent that's That's a great answer all right, next question. Would you like to survive the zombie apocalypse? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm a very picky eater, and I don't know what they're going to leave me. I just, I, I'd rather die. Speaking of food, what was the last food that you photographed? You can check your phone if you'd like to. Um, I'm very bad at, uh, my husband is very artistic with the photography, so if we're going to, photograph food i usually ask him but Mm -hmm. there is this and this makes me feel like a millennial even though i'm not really (laughs) beautiful avocado toast at the Mm. allison inn that's like Mm. decorated with those like edible flowers it's it's a work of art and it's Mm -hmm. also delicious so Mm -hmm. that one is specifically fantastic (laughs) food that i have photographed myself what is the best season So I'm biased because my birthday is in the summer and mm. the Oregon summers are delicious because, well, unless it was 2021 with a heat stroke, um, <laughs> it's usually pretty decent. Um, I'll you say get, like the late late spring. What? You get to be biased. This is you answering the question. Okay. So, so no, my there's favorite, no wrong yeah. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's Say. also my wedding anniversary, even though we forget every year. But, I mean, it's just fun. <laughs> and it's good weather. And I can stand outside. Because I lived in Miami for five years. So I have a very high tolerance for heat. Mm-hmm. So And here, it's pretty decent. Yep. So, summer. Excellent. And, last but not least, magnets or stickers? Stickers. Stickers. Thank I you. will do anything for stickers. Um, my piano teacher, I started going to piano lessons when I was 30. Um, she could get me to do anything for a sticker. Same thing with like anything with stars. Like I would have Waze, the app on because it would give you points for driving mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. I was in labor, but I wasn't allowed to go and check into the hospital because they said that I had to check in after 12, after midnight, because otherwise it would charge me the whole day. So I was literally having like horrible contractions and I had Waze and I had my husband drive around the parts of the city that had hadn't been driven on so that we <laughs> ways could go into like the little pac-man and we would get mm-hmm. more points because i'm like we need to get the points usually to turn to right and then turn to left and i'm like and he was very sweet and he actually did it um partly because he knows well that i was you know in pain with his child and also because he knows how much i love 
points or stickers. Yeah. Next, this is not a part of the questions because those are the five questions, but did you get the stickers we sent you? I don't know. Probably. I'm terrified of my mailbox. That's fair. Mailbox is a very scary place because a lot of things arrive and Mm -hmm. usually I don't need any of it because all the bills are digital. Yes. And the rest is junk. Yep. So I find uh, mailboxes very scary. In Colombia, like most people know that like you can't send stuff in the mail unless it's like certified mail. So we don't grow up with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my husband didn't believe me when I was like, well, when you buy something here, just get ready for the for the junk mail. And he didn't know <laughs> what it meant until all of a sudden. <laughs> Have your husband check your mail because I sent you some stickers. Um, hey, Rick. Wrap this yeah. Up. Yeah. Uh, happy to. Uh, Sylvia, always a pleasure to get to spend some time with you. We really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and and provide us more insights into your wildly interesting work and um and and your personality which is just amazing uh we will likely call you back at some point whether you like it or not and uh, and have you on again we, we already have people do. we already have people vying for like a five-time like jacket or something so we'll have oh, you on a few more times it won't be jackets yeah. but there will be that's like the SNL thing. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very much. It's that kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah. Uh, but okay. really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and uh, I just, I, I'm so thankful for the work you do and the motivation you had to start doing what you do and the, just the courage it took to say, I see an issue. I'm not just going to complain about it. I'm not just going to worry about it. I'm going to actually do something about it. So thank you very much for the work you do. We all very much appreciate it. And uh, I encourage everyone to to check out Tona Latino. We'll, of course, link it up below. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've missed you. Me too. It's lovely to see you.